What's going on, everybody? It is episode four of Fifth Year Beers. On today's episode, we are breaking down the NBA Finals. The Lakers just one game away from clinching yet another title in their franchise's history. We will recap a poor week from the staff on our NFL betting picks, but we'll give you a few new picks, hopefully a few new winners to cash this week. That, as well as a breakdown of a shaky umpiring performance in the Yankees and Rays game and what that might mean for Major League Baseball coming forward. That and more on Episode 4 of Fifth Year Beers. Here we go. And we are back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 4 of Fifth Year Beers is live. All right, we'll get the negative right out of the way. Oh, and two from fifth year beers. No, God! Both me and Moonlocks, both losers this past week in the NFL. Tough losses to say the least. But we'll start with my pick, the Dallas Cowboys, minus four and a half. They just didn't get it done down there in Dallas. They play zero defense, more holes than Swiss cheese, some might say. Dak Prescott did as much as he could late. But it really started, the game seemed to be over almost in the second quarter. Went on back-to-back possessions. The Cowboys turned the football over once by Dak Prescott fumbling the ball. And then Ezekiel Elliott coughing up the rock. Poor job, poor ball security. And you can't lose the game, or you can't win the game, rather, when you turn the ball over like that and lose the turnover battle, which they did. It was a late flurry in the fourth quarter, but just provingly not enough. So the Dallas Cowboys minus four and a half. Couch guys lock a big fat loss. So so that'll put out the official record of two and one. We cashed the Packers ticket a few weeks back and then of course our Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Denver Broncos in mile high. But we lose this week. The hot streak is over. But we gotta start saddle back up, get right back on the horse and start a new streak. So I'll give you that pick, but Moon, do you want to reflect briefly on your loss because it came out west in the Sin City, Las Vegas Raiders, not covering against the Buffalo Bills, the top in the AFC East Buffalo Bills. Yeah, thanks, Couch Guy. Um, My pick was the Raiders plus three and a half. It didn't win. The final score was 30-23. And this, I think, was a result of a couple crucial fumbles by Derek Carr and Darren Waller. And when you're when you're held to three field goals um, and the two guys that score your only touchdowns are Nelson Aguilar and Jason Witten, you have a problem on offense and you can get the ball down, but it's a problem with finishing. It's a problem with ball security. This is why the Raiders lost. They only lost by seven. They didn't cover the three and a half onto the next week. What do you like this week? Yeah. Thanks Moonlocks. I'm going to come back with a team this week. I already played. And they covered for me a few weeks back, but they're getting right back Thursday night football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, only four-point favorites. Now, I understand they're going to the Windy City. They're going to play the Chicago Bears, newly appointed Nick Foles as the starting quarterback. But unfortunately, Nick Foles' big debut in Chicago as the starter did not go as planned. They lose the Indianapolis Colts over the weekend by a score of 18-11. to They struggle mightily offensively. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady's leadership, even though they they have some questionable players at the receiver position, I like this number right now at four because if Mike Evans, their star wideout plays, if Chris Godwin plays, if they get Leonard Fournette back, who's going to be a game-time decision, this number could really jump exponentially because 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are another top five defense that the Chicago Bears are facing. They face the Colts, who rank tops in the league on defense right now. And now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come in ranking fourth in total defense. They got a couple young players that are real studs. Levante Davis, the linebacker. He's one of the elite defensive linebackers in the league. Obviously, right back at it for the Chicago Bears facing a tough, stingy Tampa Bay Bucks defense. I think they'll get after the passer. I think the Bears' offensive line will struggle with Jason Pierre-Paul, V2V, and Ndamukong Sue in that stout defensive line that the Buccaneers have. So all these things point to me that the Bucs stymie them on offense. And then Tom Brady, I mean, he's made a living, a career off getting guys who are practice squad players, no-name wide receivers, and then turning them into capable NFL wide receivers, scoring touchdowns. Think about the likes of Chris Hogan, Wes Welker. You can go on and on. But Tom Brady makes a living off this stuff. There's no better quarterback in the league to have with practice squad players than Brady. He knows how to exploit blown coverages on the defensive end. All that picking, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, minus four. They go into the Windy City. They go into Chicago, and they take down the Bears, and they keep this offensive team rolling bruce arians got the boys ready to play bucks minus four that's my pick moonlocks your pick of the week yeah so i like those picks um i'm looking forward to the monday night football game the chargers playing the saints and i i like the chargers plus seven and a half justin herbert has done nothing but impressed me i think he's getting better he's getting more comfortable the team is is getting more chemistry and that'll only lead to you know smaller and smaller losses and eventually uh wins and looking at the Saints, yeah, last week they put on a performance, but look at that defense. Look at the past few weeks. Their entire season they've given up over 21 points. The Chargers can score. I think that the Saints offense covers up a lot of faults with the Saints defense. And honestly, the Chargers played th- three really good teams. They won against the Bengals, but then they went into overtime with the Chiefs. They barely lost to the Panthers, and they lost by seven to the Bucks last week. And one of the reasons I would equate to that is because uh, Austin Eckler got hurt middle of the game. This week, they'll have a full week of practice without him. They'll be able to adjust and come up with a game plan. Seven point, seven and a half points is a little bit too much. I like the Chargers plus seven and a half. Justin Herbert going to get the job done. That Saints defense has holes in it. We're going to see them this week. All right. And that is Moonlock's lock of the week. The Chargers plus seven and a half. I like that pick a lot as well. Justin Herbert has come ready to play. He played the Bucks last week, and they had a lead for quite a while. Like you mentioned, Eckler goes out, a big part of their offense. But I do like the way the rookie's playing out of Oregon. That team, the Chargers, they might make a run come playoff time. All right, and that's our betting recap, our betting picks for the week. When we come back, the NBA Finals moving to the hardwood. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Los Angeles Lakers just one game away from clinching yet another NBA title. All right, we'll break that down. We'll see what the Heat can do to try to stay alive, but it ain't much because the Lakers are rolling. You're listening to Fifth Year Beers, Episode 4. Welcome back to episode four, fifth year beers. Now we transition to the hardwood where the Los Angeles Lakers are just one game away, one win away from their 18th overall franchise title. That'll be LeBron James's fourth NBA championship and with his third different team, the first player to ever do that. So we watched the game last night. The Heat lose 102 to 96. And we both say to each other, man, Jimmy's got to be more aggressive. In their game three win, when they 
pushed the series to 2-1 Lakers. Jimmy Butler had 40 points, and he was playing like a man possessed, playing like a man with his hair on fire. And that was great because that's what the team needed him to do, and that's what they still need him to do. Obviously, Bam Adebayo returns from his injury, and we think, hey, great, somebody that can guard Anthony Davis. And he proved that Anthony Davis didn't go off. He didn't have his normal offensive firepower, offensive game that he'll just put up 40 and, you know, I mean, nobody can stop him. Adebayo played well, but we also saw from Adebayo, if you're in the game, if you're healthy enough to play, you got to be ready, engaged offensively and defensively. And I think he left some things to be desired there. What do you think, Moon? Yeah, you mentioned how aggressive Jimmy Butler was in Game 3, and it paid off. They they walked out with the win, and they still didn't have Bam Adebayo in the game at that point. In Game 4 last night, though, we saw Bam play, but we, he only shot the ball eight times. He only went for eight, and yet he scored six out of them. But if Bam is in, he, we talked about this before, he needs, to play, he needs to play the part of the big man. When he gets the ball, he needs to be aggressive, and he needs to shoot the ball more than eight times. What eight shots tells me in 32 minutes is that when he gets the ball down, he doesn't feel comfortable enough and confident enough to put the ball up on the rim, up on the glass. So he, he, he does the heat basketball. He gets it close to the rim, and he shoots it back outside to a shooter, and then they try to drive the ball up the lane. Listen, Bam, if you're in the game, we need you to be aggressive, and if you're not aggressive, Jimmy, we need you to take more shots. Uh, I think going into game five, especially this is a win or go home game. Jimmy Butler, you need to score 35 to 40 points. Bam, you need to shoot the ball 12 to 15 times. And Tyler Hero, you need to keep making those clutch shots. That's the recipe to win. We saw it in game three. We saw what doesn't work in game four. Game one was a wash. All the injuries, it was a wash. Game two was a little bit of a recovery. You scored 114 points. But the Lakers did Lakers. They they scored 124. You can't you can't outdo that. But game three, we saw Jimmy Butler score 40 points without Bam, without Dragic, without most of his key players. Kendrick Nunn stepped up. Kelly Olynyk stepped up. But Jimmy Butler was the key to that win. And going into game five, I think we need a lot more of game three. With or without Bam, we need to adjust him into the game rather than adjust the game around Bam. Yeah, like you mentioned, in the lone heat victory in this series, Jimmy Butler had 40, and he was attacking the rim consistently. He was going at Anthony Davis. He was going at Dwight Howard, at the Lakers' big men, and drawing fouls, drawing contact. That's the kind of offensive style I believe the Heat need to continue to play to have any sort of chance in this series. Now, I don't think they'll win this series. The Lakers, to me, just have too many weapons on offense and defensively blocking shots with Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. I don't think they'll win the ball, uh, win the series overall. But to make this competitive, to make this a series, Jimmy Butler, go to the rim. Go hard to the rack. Proven that you can do that time and time again in your career, and that's where you find most of your success. The Lakers have adjusted defensively. They no longer collapse when somebody drives because they know when they get into the paint, you're most likely looking to find a perimeter shooter. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, whoever. Instead of driving to the block and looking to kick out, drive to the block, throw your shoulder down, and look for contact. Play through that contact and get the Lakers defensive players in foul trouble. Get Anthony Davis in foul trouble. You saw how that worked for you in Game 3. That's what you need to continue to do to make this a series. Go in and go hard. Bam out of bio. You do that as well. Be aggressive. When you get the ball in the paint, you're an all-star as well. Yeah, Anthony Davis is probably the best big man in the league, but you're an all-star. You're an up-and-coming star in this league. Be that. Be that superstar that you can be and take it to the rim. Take it to the rack. Hard. 
The whole time, the whole game. Also, also moving forward, I don't think that they should look at the first two games. I think they should only use game three and game four to come up with their game five game plan. Game three, they won. But game four, they only lost by six points. And if you look at look at by quarter by quarter, they hung in the whole game. The reason they lost is because they couldn't score. They held the Lakers to 102 points. If they could score more than 102 points, they would have won that game. But they couldn't find the, the basket. Whether it was because, like you said, Bam isn't being aggressive enough, or it's because Jimmy's not taking enough shots, or Tyler Hero's only going for 35%, any of those things. What I'm saying is that they can win. They held the Lakers to 102 points after a Lakers loss. So the defense is there. But what they need is they need a spark on offense, whether it's with Bam on the floor or not. Yeah, and we both want this to become a series because, quite frankly, we don't know the next time we're going to see an NBA game. Adam Silver recently came out and said that the season most likely wouldn't start until at least January. So it might be New Year's and beyond that we see another time these guys step on the floor. So let's have some good basketball before we go out. All right, let's go out in style. You know what I mean? Come on, Jimmy. And I don't know about you, but I, I think that everybody that counted out the Miami Heat said they were going to get swept, said they're not going to be able to hang. So far, they, they've hung they've hung in there. Game one, obviously, the injuries made it hard to analyze, but game two, three, and four, they've been there. Game two, they score 114. Game three, they win. And game four, they lose by six. They're in there. And if they can win game five, you know, game six is going to be interesting. It absolutely will. Obviously, LeBron James, like I said, looking for his fourth NBA title with his third different team. First person to ever do that. All right. When we come back, our final sports segment of the show, we go to the diamond real quick. Obviously, MLB playoffs now ongoing in the division series in both leagues. But we won't break down the games. We'll more so we'll break down a really shaky umpiring performance from supposedly one of the league's best. He looked like he was umpiring sixth grade Little League last night with some of the calls he was making. We'll get into that when we come back on the other side. It is Fifth Year Beers, Episode 4. And we are back on Episode 4 of Fifth Year Beers. Now, right now, we're going to shift to the diamond briefly because the MLB playoffs are in full swing. Right now, we have the ALDS consisting of the Yankees and Rays, and then the NLDS and the Dodgers and Padres, also in the NLDS, the Marlins and the Braves, and then the Astros and Athletics. But we're going to go with my squad, the New York Yankees, who are now in a series tied 1-1 with the game tonight, game three coming later. But... Last night, the home plate umpire, C.B. Buckner, was atrocious. And I mean that in every sense of the word. He thought people were there. Well, there's nobody in the stands. But he thought people were watching on television to see him. Dude, they're not. Do your job. Stop making every call on hand and foot, waiting, late strike calls, balls that aren't even close. If you look on Twitter, that's where you find your best information, obviously, in this day and age. Check out at umpire at ump scorecards. They put out a tweet documenting Buckner's game last night between the Rays and the Yankees, where the Rays won seven to five. CB Buckner overall accuracy eighty seven percent, meaning he called one hundred forty nine of one hundred seventy one taken pitches correctly. That is garbage, absolute BS. 
on the fact that this guy is umpiring a Major League Baseball playoff game. Ridiculous. Of his three worst missed calls, number one came in the top of the ninth to Glaber Torres, where there's nobody out, there's a runner on first, a 3-1 ball that was called a strike that might as well have been in the other batter's box. You needed a freaking telephone pole to have her reach that pitch, and he calls it strike. In the top of the seventh, with one out, runners on first and second, an 0-2 count, a ball called strike three, another punch-out pitch, another wasted opportunity that could have been for the Yankees, absolute BS. And then his third worst call of the night. Top of the third, nobody out. Base is empty, 2-2. Ball called a strike. Not there. Another out given away by C.B. Buckner, who sounds like he should be writing preteen sci-fi novels instead of umpiring a Major League Baseball game. Are you kidding me? That's awful. So the impact of this J.A.'s missed calls decreased the Yankees' run expectancy by 1.05 runs and decreased the Tampa Bay Rays' run expectancy by 0.2, with a net of 0.85 helping the Tampa Bay Rays. That's a joke. And Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred is should be embarrassed and ashamed that they let this guy, who should be doing beer league softball instead of the Yankees and Tampa Bay Rays, let him officiate a Major League game. Do your job. And this is why, this is why, again, they're talking about bringing in robot umpires because we have clowns like this calling important balls and strikes in games that matter intensely to not only the organizations, but to the fan bases, to everybody else. People that are watching the game, they can't watch this garbage. They're not there to see you, man. Make the right call. All right, they're talking about robot umpires. They've already debuted them in the independent league. We might see them much more to come because I can't take much more of this crap that we saw last night. All right, Moon, I know you got kind of screwed over by not a baseball umpire, but an NFL official. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I, I think we see a, a common pattern going on with these refs and these umps. It, it's kind of a shame because a lot of these games we see, now we have to accommodate for who's who's refing, who's umping. And we saw it in the Patriots game. Um, there was about six minutes left. Patrick Mahomes is driving down the field. And uh, Winovich uh, sacks Patrick Mahomes and causes a fumble, a clear-cut fumble, on the replay, everybody saw it. I think there was a little bit of confusion with Belichick, uh, with the play call, with the, the ref said he was down when Belichick thought this and that. Anyway, the Patriots forced a fumble, and the refs missed it. The Chiefs' smart Andy Reid gets on the ball and punts the ball away before anyone can look at a replay, anybody can uh, gather the, their thoughts and challenge this. Uh, throw the red flag before any of it. You know, classic Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, genius. But for people like me in a 6-3 game, and I have the tie, I have $100 to win, I believe it was uh, $1,800. No, it was $100 to win $2,600. Refs blow it, fumble, they punt the ball away. But there's still six minutes left. They stop them, right? The Patriots... Get the ball back because of the punt, but it doesn't matter because the Patriots get the ball back. They put together a 13-play drive that uh, takes up the, the last five and a half minutes left. There's, I believe, nine seconds left. Uh, jackass Brian Hoyer, no timeouts. Dumbass Brian Hoyer drops back, thinks he has a timeout, takes the sack, calls the timeout. End of half. 
All they had to do was throw the ball away. He could have fucking t- taken the ball and handed it to the ref. He could have done anything. He could have punted the ball out of bounds. He could have done anything, and they then they could have kicked the field goal, and I would have had an extra $2,600 in my pocket. But no, Brian Hoare is a jackass. We need new refs. I don't know what you think, but there's a problem when a game is dictated by the refs or the umpire. And I think that it takes away from the two teams that are playing and it puts a third team in. It adds this guy that can change the whole aspect of a game. Yeah, I totally agree. That was egregious error by the officials in the NFL on that missed Mahomes fumble. And Brian Hoyer, you dope. Jeez, freaking figure it out, man. You got to know you have no timeouts left. Throw the ball out of bounds. That's something if someone in high school did, they'd be benched. They'd be sitting selling corn dogs on the sideline rather than taking another snap in the game. Figure it out, man. Dude, take the shot. This week, Brian Hoyer. Take the shot. Take the shot. CB Buckner, take a double shot. Take a double shot. And then the NFL referees, you mean play Everclear Roulette or something like that. (laughs) Exactly. All that. That's garbage. You know what I mean? I'm so riled up right now. I got to take a rest. Back here on Fifth Year Beers, we'd like to finish it off with a new segment we'd like to introduce called Beast of the Week. Beast, 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 beast. On Beast of the Week, we're going to be taking somebody that is either in the NFL, the NBA, or the MLB who really puts the team on their back. This person either takes care of their team, uh, wins them a big game, or wins their fans uh, a big cover or a big bet. And our beast of the week is Tyler Hero. In game three, he shot the dagger to secure the game. And in game four, in garbage time, he shot a three-point shot to cover the spread at seven and a half. Good teams win. Great teams cover. He's our beast of the week. Thank you, Tyler Hero, for that cover and for the game three win. Tyler Hero, the beast of the week, the first beast of the week. We love our mega beasts. He's not only a beast of the week on the court. Obviously, he's got his brand new IG thotty, the formerly of Kyle Kuzma. Now he's beasting all over the court. Tyler Hero, your beast of the week. Beast, 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 beast. beast. Wrapping up episode four, fifth year beers. Thanks so much for listening. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that and more. Next week, episode five. We'll see you then. Thanks so much.